You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, one of the hosts of this wonderful show. And joining me on the other line, a man who has not taken too many gummy bears, uh, Mr. Tony East. Uh, <laughs> I knew I'd get you with the that Deion one. Deion Waiters joke right away. That's I, was, I wrote that down at like, I don't know, 9 o'clock this morning to use because I was just waiting to. Um, so, so we haven't done one this year, guys, but uh, there's currently 3.09 to go in Orlando. Pacers up 99, oh, 101.92. TJ Warren just hit a floater. Great shot. Um, people like – yeah, he's been nailing that shot all game. People like these. They're fun. We get to kind of – analyze the end of the game together while we talk about the Pacers so it's kind of fun yeah so what we're going to do with the first seven today's show like it's like Tony said will be kind of this live thing um Pacers start kind of pulling away we Ooh. might go to more general but uh no, yeah. maybe not um and then <laughs> second segment will be kind of a general just kind of week over the week There's a lot of topics to do we we together before the show list off like 10 of them so we'll do that and then we'll obviously we'll preview this this week's games there's only three of them so we will do that all in one segment but for so now Adam Yes. Uh, this is a weird game going on right now. In the first half, the Magic were unstoppable. They had 60 points. They were like 8 of 13 or 9 from 14 for 3 or something like that. And in the second half, they have 32 points in uh, about 22 minutes. The Pacers' D has stepped up, and the Magic stopped hitting shots. And the Pacers' offense kept going. Now they're ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the logical conclusion for the team that is averaging 97 points a game. Uh, and the, that's the worst yeah. in the NBA and the Magic. <laughs> Their shot just completely abandoned them in the second half. Well, I mean, it, it was either like the first half, like they're going to be the team that just all of a sudden they're going to shoot 80% their one time this year, or they're going to come <laughs> back to earth second half, which they did. I thought for a while they were going to do the 80% game. <laughs> yeah, right now they've got uh, 34. Yeah, they just made another basket. I know it was a bonus bad. three. But, um, I, how far okay. ahead of you am I? I'm at well, no, I pull out the ESPN box score, so I'm a little bit also. Oh, okay, but okay. Anyways, they, they, so they, right now the Magic had 34 second-half points total. Pacers scored 30 points in the third quarter alone. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Pacers – so I, I tweeted this out from our, our lockdown account kind of as a joke, but if you really think about it, the one team that could make the Pacers pay for having one center would be the Magic <laughs> the team Magic. because they're so big. They just have so many. They are. They when play like go, Aminu and Aaron Gordon at the three. Yeah, well, right. So really, Huge. I mean – Aaron Gordon and that compl- Warren floater again. He just hit one. Has been money this game. Yeah, Warren. Warren is unstoppable awesome for the, with these the, one-legged drives. He's been awesome for the better part of a week now. I mean, nineteen points this game. Yeah, he's been really good this week. Um, no, but like the the Magic, Aaron oh, Gordon could probably good. play somewhat center. I mean, I know he's not really a center, more like a power forward, I guess. Yeah. But with Bamba, Isaacs, and Vucevic, they really have like three to four centers. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough for them too to like because they. Obviously, they want to try to get all those guys minutes, but and they're all good, and it, it kind of works with them on the wing. But their guards aren't good enough to make it like cohesive because they're not good enough shot creators. You know, Fultz can get to the rim and score on his own, but they don't have anyone who can pass or anything like that. Warren again looking for that floater. Oh, he dished it. Nice play and nice shot by Sabonis. There it is, eleven point lead with a minute to go. That's your dagger from Sabonis right there. Yeah, so they they were right, and McConnell pretty late into this quarter. I guess they must he did really well. Dubbed at the four minute mark, roughly right. Yeah, he, uh, he carried them this whole quarter, basically. Well, it makes sense because Brogdon's been playing a lot of minutes late. So, I, I mean, that's... Yes, he kind of look, looked good at the start, but was kind of flat after that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just had a long week. I mean, considering what – he probably played 40-plus minutes in their overtime game um, or close to it. Yeah. And he's, he's been playing easily 35, if not more, a night. I mean, Granny's And they had been, a back-to-back in there. Yeah, I mean, Granny's been good. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Right. just 
I mean, you get an opportunity yeah, to do a bench poker like that, you him, have to do it. I just called him flat. He has 16 points, eight assists, six rebounds. <laughs> See, well, that's what that's how with Brogdon is, is he's gotten to a level where, like, a, this is a bad game for him, honestly. Yeah, he's been killing it. This 50% year. shooting on 16, 16, 8, and 6 is a bad game for him, I think. <laughs> so, McConnell, I want to go back to. Yeah, I think they, that's. Like, there was actually an argument to close with McConnell this game. He was that good this quarter. He had yeah, 17. if they didn't blow that lead, he would have probably. For those who didn't know or who somehow didn't, haven't seen it, on Friday against, um, holy crap, the Pistons, he had 17 points and nine assists, both team highs. And then tonight he's got 12 points and eight assists. So he, the second unit is finally playing better, and a lot of that has been McConnell has really found a groove with them. Well, him and McDermott are cooking something up. It's just, yeah, McDermott, they seem to figure we'll out how to play with each other. Our next, when we go like player by player next segment, we'll talk McDermott, but – yeah, they have some found some kind of chemistry together. McDermott's the leading minutes guy off the bench this game. He's still in right now. So do you do you want to um, apologize for your McConnell comments this year? <laughs> What's how are we doing this? I just finished. Uh, well, it was last week, but I wrote a who should be the backup point guard when Sumner's back post. And I was like, well, they've both been bad, and you know, I asked both of them about the situation, and then Holiday was like, I can't get a rhythm, not like trying to shoot up a bunch of the first half and stuff, and it was kind of like an eerie you know, ominous, like, uh, things aren't looking good for the backup point guards. And now they've both been really good since I wrote it. So uh, I reverse jinxed them out of it, but yeah, he, I, I do owe him an apology. I did not like what he was doing the first five ish games and he has been spectacular since then. So now it's a eight point game with about 45 seconds left. I got Ooh, Markel Fultz Fultz making it a six point game after a dunk with 40 what seconds a left. Dunk from Fultz. Wow. All right. I might actually pretty good today. My dagger. He's been pretty good. Typed. You got to take your time on this possession, though, and it'll be free throws after this. Yeah. Brogdon is sizing it. Yeah, they're doing exactly what you should do. Have Brogdon size up whoever. And what's he going to do? Good pick take and roll. Back out for the dagger. That shot. That in is. The corner. And Brogdon hits the dagger. First Brogdon, three of the bang. game. Finally. There you go. That's our Harden, guy. <laughs> able to boost his percentage. He was 0 for 2 today. Now he's 1 for 3. He's <laughs> boosting his, his free throw percentage or his three point percentage. Right, you right. just, we just said a uh, oh, pedestrian Brogdon game. Well, there he goes, uh, dagger 19. in the pick and roll. So, what does <laughs> he have now tonight? 19, 19, something, 8, something. and 6. Okay. <laughs> pedestrian. Man, Sabonis' rebounding numbers have been just insane recently. So can I, well, can I, can, can I read you Brogdon's week before we go into Sabonis? Yes. Yeah. So, Brogdon on. Tuesday against the Hornets, 31, 8, and 5. They lost the game by two, obviously. Uh, then they played the Wizards. Brogdon goes for a not great 12 and 13 and 3. Um, just just terrible shooting night, but the team. 13 assists. They, and, they, and they just blow out the Wizards pretty much. There was no issue there. Then he has like an 11, what, 6 and or six and 2 games. Probably he's really, this has probably been his worst week so far. And then he has a 16, or now he's got a 19, 8, and 6 game. I mean, only in the Wizards game did I think he was like not good. You know, he he what he shot like two for ten or something that game. If you have in front of you, three of fourteen. Yeah, not very good. Uh, against Detroit, he was like better percentage wise. But yeah, you know the the other guys had to step up because he was not as good as he was in the first six or seven games this week. I and mean, he wasn't bad. Bad is not even the right word. He was still really good. Well, just in a different way. I think the thing with him too is. You look at his percentage, right? So he's like 46 and 31, and pretty much this game will kind of hold those. I mean, he's shooting hey, 50 on the dot right now. <laughs> we'll go up, say, 33 from three. And his 19 and eight is right where his 29 average is in there, 21 and right. nine average in the year. So the average won't change much after this game. Um, the thing with him is he just has to take some inefficient shots because he's the guy. That's the problem with him. Is, right. Is when 
Oh, oh Fournier. Back and maybe when a Turner comes back, he'll be taking Not ending this game. Back to six points. Great. We're going to see a foul fest while we talk at him. Great. This is like, I'm excited for this. Let's hope. <laughs> Wait, oh, oh officials calling something. Anyway, yeah, and another thing I like about Brogdon, though, is that to pair with these nuts stat lines is that he's a very good defender. Yes. I mean, there, there's a play, actually, I mean, I, I was watching in the third quarter where he stole the ball from John Isaacs, went down and drained. Or no, he had a perfect pass to, Doug, to McDermott for a three. I mean, it was just like, it was like, an, it was just like what Brogdon does, basically. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's re- I think really with McConnell playing this good, they just have had solid point guard play the entirety of the game during this this week. Well, and I, I think that's why they went with McConnell. You know, we, we were kind of questioning it, but I, I, mean, I, I joked one time, well, it's because they don't trust Aaron Holloway to play point guard, but I think... Yeah, Aaron off ball with the starters is kind of working too. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it it helps that you have a guy like um, Brogdon who is six, what, five, six, six, give or take, can pretty much guard the shooting guard small forward types. So you can play a small guy next to him because the small guy can just guard the point guards when he right. needs or whatever. You know what I mean? That kind right. of level. Like, like, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Holiday was guarding all... Obviously, most of the game. If not, yes, he was. I, mean, I would, yeah. I mean, I, and or Fultz or whoever. Yeah, I, some, I will say sometimes I, I am not great at uh, identifying defensive assignments. This is watching the play. sorry. This is so yeah. weird. This game, the Pacers have shot three free throws total. The Magic has shot sh- shot six. Well, this is a week where they've had uh, the free throw disparity has been pretty off all week. This isn't even a disparity. There's just has been no fouls. What a yeah. weird game. Right. It's been it was, so it was, fast. It's only 8.05. It's almost over. It started at like 6.15. Right. So they, they were minus 35 and three free throws in terms of taken <laughs> in the first game this week. Then yeah. the next game, they were a positive seven. Then they were actually positive against Detroit as well in this game. They're probably. Uh, Adam, I think we need to have a, a discussion about something we do on this podcast. Yes. I think when we talk about stats, we need to throw out the Wizards game because the Wizards defense sucks. <laughs> Fine. It is so bad. It's, oh, they got it into Brogdon. But it, the guy. Yep, there you go. Two automatic free throws. Has, he's made like 38 in a row or something like that. You just jinxed it. I'm certain of this now. <laughs> <laughs> Commentator's curse. I think you did just jinx it. I'm pretty oh. sure. Oh, really? Oh, Are no, looking, they didn't get the... You looking at the play-by-play? I hate that the play-by-play is ahead of my... The final. No, oh, I, I'm, he, he I'm behind on the TV throws. where I thought it was... Uh, they got it to him again. Oh, did yeah. they? Maybe they gave it to Sabonis. I don't know who... Yeah, I think it was, I, I, that's what I was saying. I thought the the foul they called was only the first under two minutes because they had so little yeah, free throws. So I see. Now they're in the, bonus, the line. Okay. Yeah, they just showed it on the bottom. Three for three and one for five. Or in five. Brogdon will not get to a season average of 20.1 points per game, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. This oh, I hate fouls the other games. <laughs> I know it's like the strategy to win is just boring. I mean, what else Ooh, is Sabonis do? does not hit the first. We might actually have uh, an interesting ending here in Orlando. Uh, nope. He made a second one. Great shot of a disappointed Pacers bench. <laughs> All right. That yeah, second one was good. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Who's gonna shoot? Yeah, yeah, yeah just lay off. Let it, they haven't made a three this half. Let it happen. Fournier. Oh, driving to the basket. Okay, Quite a three. I think that's it. Yep, that will, that will do it. Fournier, clunker, and we're done here. All right. Oh, scrambly. All right, Sabonis gets it. All right. Is so that the- three 17 rebound games for him in a week? Uh, so the Pacers the win. 16. So the bases win 109-102. Um, let's take a break, Tony, and we can talk about just the bonuses week. All right, welcome back in the Locked On Pacers podcast. All right, so what do we got a ton of people we want to hit this week. Um, we yes, sure we Sabonis, do. Let's though. start with Sabonis, the starting man. The man who returned. Played three or four games this week. There are three other games he played. Um, shouldn't clearly <laughs> kind of showing that uh, maybe he should be the center on the on his, on he his basketball. Has, yeah, if, 
you know, we I don't want to do the Turner comparison thing, but if we have to for one sentence, I'll say he has clearly been better this year. No, I just meant in general that he should be a center on an NBA team. Yeah, he I didn't mean he should awesome. be the Pacers center. I just meant that he should be a center ah. somewhere. Yes, he is clearly better inside. 17 rebounds against Washington, tying his career high and season high. Ironic that they were in back-to-back games. 14 against Detroit and Drummond. He out-rebounded Andre Drummond in a game. That's, that's did he really? Game. I did not know Drummond had less than him. That's Drummond, Drummond 13. Yeah, and then 16 tonight. That's a crazy week of rebounding. So that's Whoa. 47 rebounds in three games. It's about 16 a game. And you're talking about 10 offensive rebounds, I think, over – actually 11 over those 11, games. 11, yeah. That's – I mean, it, when Turner oh, he went that with a, a pedestrian 13, 17, 21 point performances, he was awesome this week. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this week you can look at the Pacers two ways. They played a not very tough schedule, but on the other hand, for one game, they were missing three of their best four players for another game. They're missing three of their best seven players. So, I mean, that's how, or six, I guess it'd be wherever you put lamb. Right. So right. you can look at it one way where they're, should beat these teams and actually losing to Hornets is disappointing. And it's like, this team is depleted. They're really just, they're playing Jakar Sampson and teacher leaf at some four or five combination. Hey, 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 half hey. The time. Jakar Sampson is good. No, I understand. But having to play Jakar <laughs> at center is not a Your good point stands. I just was five of their top Jakar to the death. <laughs> four of their top 10 players are out of Gogas is the 10th yes, guy. Yes. Like that's, that's just like any team that's debilitating. Brutal. It's just, and it, to, to go three and one in that week and really, Really, I mean, this is the only close game. The Magic game's the only close game they played. They blew out the Wizards. They basically blew out the Pistons, I thought. Or they were up most of the, most of the they night. They did. They did blow Never that first quarter, basically. They were, Six was not indicative of the score. They were up big yeah. in the third end. They felt they were in control for most of the game. I never felt like, oh, they're going to blow this until maybe right. the last few seconds where I'm like, okay, they might blow this the last two minutes. They always do. Um, and then tonight, they kind of handled business, really, once uh, through fourth quarter on. Yeah, they – killed them the whole time i mean they are their offense looks good in the first half you know they had what 53 or something at halftime 51 to 51 tonight 50, yeah they were down like a little under 10 but the magic just hit everything so it looked worse than it was whereas in the second half the pacers offense sustained it might have even gotten a little better whereas the magic stopped hitting everything and only scored 42 points in the half and bada bing bada boom you win and they've had a lot of these the pacers i remember last year we, we talked about their slow starts a lot you know against the pistons they gave up 35 in the first quarter and then 37 combined in the second and third quarter. So whatever adjustments they're making after the first quarter at halftime are really working for them on D this year. Yeah. I, I wonder if that has to, it feels like the third quarter bench unit seems to be playing better than like the end of first early second quarter bench unit. I don't know. I yeah. mean, whether that's just McConnell and McDermott, we can now talk about just figuring so, it out essentially what or whatnot. Um, but both those guys, I mean, I, I feel like McDermott has just kind of gone to another level. I mean, it's not like to a level where he's like a starter or anything, but just like he's just almost, I wouldn't call it like almost the Corver zone. Is that the right way to the put Corver it? The Corver zone? I like that. Right. Where like he's just like, you tr- when he has the ball, you're thinking he's going to make this shot. And like there's no like worry him. He on the court, you know his offense is so good that he's going to be a plus, basically. That's what it feels like. Right. Yeah. They, they're making a more concerted effort to get him the ball on the move and he's just making them. And I, I know, I, like, I hate that his performances are often belittled to did he make shots. But, like, when he's getting this many, he'll, he's more likely to get in rhythm and he can keep doing games like this. He, did he have, what, in the teens, three games in a row this week? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll read his numbers real quick. So, let's see. On Against the Wizards, he had 19 points, seven rebounds. Hornets game was not so great, so we'll skip that one. <laughs> um, yeah. McDermott, and he had 14 <laughs> and one assist against Pistons. And I think tonight he had, like, 16, right? No, 18. 18 and six tonight. 
Yeah. Whew. Seven of 13. So he went seven of 13, then he went six of 11, and then he went six of 10. So above 50% of all three games that they won. Yeah, he's like driving to the basket a lot now when he comes off these curls, which, you know, I, I think that was a lot. He did a little bit of this last year, but I feel like this year I'm seeing more of it where, you know, teams really come at him when he comes around that screen because they don't want him to shoot. He's an amazing shooter. So he's gotten better at, you know, taking one dribble and getting to the basket. And his layup isn't great, but it's good enough that, you know, now all of a sudden there's a decision there and him and Sabonis have unlocked this two-man game that kind of changes the way defenders defend him. And they're really getting him involved more and it's working. He's been tremendous. Yeah, I don't know the step, but I wonder how many of his points come off assist from McConnell or Brogdon. I, I, I don't want to say I think Sabonis. Sabonis, you think there's more? I mean, Brogdon's made a oh couple Oh my gosh, plays. their two-man game is – well, I can look. Um, their two-man game has been amazing. But also, I feel like a lot of his bonus is off the ball. His bonus is picked off yeah, the ball. They, yeah, they hit him on the up top. Fair, fair. Screen assists are not in the calculus, so that is that does go well in your favor. It I, takes so long to look up these assists. No, you're work. fine. I mean, I, I I don't want to slander the Collins and Corey Joseph because I think the both <laughs> Luis Corey Joseph is a decent player. <laughs> How it, dare you? No, but it does feel like one either it's like the the Pacers are, are telling McConnell your entire goal is to feed the ball to McDermott when you're on the court, and then Brian obviously is just a the best pass pitch we've had. So. All right, who do you think the, the top two assist guys are to McDermott this year? McConnell's got to be one of the two, McConnell right? McConnell is number one at nine. This is before tonight, so. Okay, nine. so then, I mean, I want to say Brogdon, but you're probably going to get a bonus, right? Number two, shocked me, Aaron Holiday. Really? Interesting. Yeah. There you go. That must so be, I actually uh, got it backwards. Mc, so McDermott's most assists to a specific player is Sabonis at five. Oh, okay. That kind of makes so sense. I was backwards on that. Well, that makes sense because a lot of it is is McDermott's kind of the fake, and then Sponge right, able to right. kind of roll into the rim. Yeah, and, they have two guys right. run right at McDermott, but that's good if 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 he's shooting well enough. The teams are sending two guys at him, and all of a sudden Demontis Sabonis has an open shot. Then great, that is a, a viable offensive option. So I I think the uh, Aaron Holiday being number two assist guy is a good tradition to Aaron Holiday's. Had Aaron Holiday race. finally finally yeah, made his shots. Yeah, I mean he, he, he looks, was good. He was really good against the Wizards, but you want to throw out that game. That's fine. But he was pretty good tonight against the Magic, too, I thought. <laughs> three was, six yeah, and three. I know, think that's... starting and not having him have to be full-time ball handler, floor general, take care of it guy is good for him. Not that he should play off the ball all the time, but I think it helps him have like being able to, to kind of go in between roles and pick his shots a little bit more because he just clearly looks better. And against Detroit, he, he did distribute more. He had five assists in that game. You know, he, he showed that he can do a little bit of both. Yeah, I think with him too, it it's like kind of baby steps almost in a way. It's it, it's about trying to find the spots where he can just be successful in certain windows of time, essentially. Because I I don't think he's not he's like ready to kind of become the kind of guy off the bench or anything like that. It feels like, and maybe we're waiting for a moment when he's able to play with Lamb off the bench that will kind of open things up for him too. Because play with a really good bench player like Lamb, but. It just feels like it's like right now it's like can you get him some minutes with Brogdon where he could be successful because he's kind of like the guy in the corner and he can get some spot-up threes that he can hit. And can you get him minutes with a bonus and McDermott out there and he can kind of play off the ball and make a quick pass or two at times. Like that's right. what you're kind of looking for with him right now. And honestly, if he can do that, he can be successful enough to deserve minutes. And then just about him playing more games, getting those reps, understanding how to make the pass at the right moment and continue to build on that so on. And then maybe he can kind of inch his way into being kind of probably the – Right. Ideally, it makes sense if he's like the eighth man on this team. I mean, once Old Depot's back, and let's say the seventh guy is like McDermott, or you can throw in Sumner when he returns, something like that. That feels like the right spot for Holiday and for the Patriots to be actually good. I'm with you there. Yeah, and I'm not sure he'll be in the rotation when everyone's healthy. That's a discussion for a later day. 
maybe for your Thursday show when you don't have games because it's very hard to see what their rotation may be. I don't know if it'd be in it or not, but he's certainly making his case finally now that he can be that, that score, that, that you know, half-and-half half score distributor that, you, that every team needs. You, know, you need offensive guys who can have some bursts and create a shot. Well, so I'm just doing it in my head. So let's say he comes back. Lamb is the two. McConnell, Lamb, I guess put Lamb at the three. McConnell, one. Holiday, two. McDermott at four and go at five. So then it's just him or Justin So you don't Holiday. have Lamb in your, on your team anymore? No, I'm, Lamb, Lamb is playing like the three off the bench. As like okay. the as the small forward, so Justin Holiday, Lamb. So Justin Holiday's not playing for you. That's the thing. Then it comes down to Justin Holiday or Aaron Holiday, right? Right. I think yeah, everybody. It's, hard. it's someone. Yeah. Some some. And you didn't even say Sumner, did you? No, I didn't. Which yeah. Is see, fair. some so someone good. Either they go eleven guys and it's one guy, or they go ten and it's two. But someone good is not playing when everyone's healthy. Now, granted, they have a ton of injuries and everybody. Yeah, they can't seem to stay healthy. So I'm not sure. That's right. It. I guess yeah, yeah. So maybe it's you know Jakar Sampson probably is the first guy to get booted. No issue with that if everyone's playing well, but you know someone good is is going to be booted, and that that's a discussion for a later date when we have all the information we can. But it's it's been tough. To, it's, it's tough it's, to figure it's, out. It's tough because I feel like they have a lot of good players. I mean, I mean, we're not, well, we're not to... so early in the season, I said this to you like I confused depth for like capable players not good players but now they're all playing good and suddenly they're yeah. a team again so i guess it it feels like maybe you almost i mean you might even go 12 deep with i don't know it's so hard to get like a rhythm with yeah. 12 guys you know like i get that kumbaya great that's awesome but you just can't i don't think you yeah can i mean far. justin holiday's been just good enough where like are we sure we don't we want to not have him in rotation like, yeah he's been awesome <laughs> i really liked justin holiday and, and to be honest like i mean and he can, can play do... wing and they don't really have that you know yeah i mean the only guy i could say you for sure dump is tj leaf everybody else is like yeah leaf's out done that's easy <laughs> i mean obviously i don't think minutes, but that's yeah. not gonna matter um yeah, so Samson's yeah, I mean, the first like good player who gets cut, and then after that, I don't really know. What you're right, doing. so like, like if you were going ideally eleven, twelve, then after everybody is Samson and and one of the holidays, right? Yep, yep. Because Goga's ten, and Goga's just going to be the ten because you need a backup center. Right, and he's been better than Leaf, so that's easy. All right, yeah. can we uh, stop talking about this right now and move on to a guy who was awesome this week? Yeah, well, I was going to use a transition. I think we should hit Lamb for a second. Who I know. Oh, did, okay. Who, I was going to do Warren. What well, I'm gonna, I think we should do both kind of in, a, in one fossil. So, so Lamb okay. going to the Hornets game. Lamb played really well, I thought. So did TJ Warren. Lamb, I think, is disappointed that he that he's hurt. And oh, I I don't know what the latest prognosis on him is, but I'll I let think you try to say prognosis one more time. Prognosis. Oh my god. <laughs> well, in my defense, my dog ran up to me and bit my hand when I was doing this. I was trying to shake her off. Um, so prognosis. Anyways, uh, I think that's going to be a, is pretty critical for this team as they hit kind of a tougher schedule coming up is where lamb is at and obviously yeah, when he came back when he came back fully healthy i don't remember where i heard this so i don't want this to be wrong but i think on one of the broadcasts when after right after lamb came back from his first injury they said something like you know he played in the season opener but he wasn't actually fully healthy for that game um you know maybe he was nursing pain in that hip that kept him out well yeah he was basically hurt i felt like the, from the first minute of the first game he was limping around yeah so then when he actually came back and we got healthy limb, you know, 25, 21, 11, 18, and he had a double-double in there. Like, he looked pretty good and pretty useful. I mean, he, he, he got hurt and missed the rest of the week. But I'm not sure he can keep up that level of shooting because he had some pretty hot nights in there. But he, he looks good getting to the basket and getting to his spots, which is all you can ask of a guy, you know? Yeah. He, With he his feels set. like the kind of guy who perfect as the, as the six-man. Like, he feels like yes, he's – I agree. Like, just a solid six-man off the bench who can just do 
a little bit of everything and have a good, really hot night a couple nights and kind of carry your bench. So, um, but I think the point, I mean, is it fair to say probably the player of the week was Warren? He maybe he's got a very good case. So I'll read you Warren's stats real quick. So 15 of 18 against the horns for 33 points. Then he goes up in Washington. He goes nine of 15 for 21. Then the Pistons, he is seven of 16 for 17. And I believe tonight he was nine of 16 for 19. So one game, barely under 50% shooting. Um, the three point shot is not really there. It's, it's kind of eh. better than it was early in the year. Yeah. I mean, it, it's what, what's he up to now? I mean, I haven't added in tonight's games, but I haven't either. But he's, he's at, he was at 24. Game, he was in the twenties, right? Yeah. 24. And he went perfect tonight. So he's probably closer to like 27 maybe. Yeah. Um, it's getting back up there, but he is just like, he's slicing and dicing teams in the lane. I mean, I, you right. know what I mean? With the floater and with the pull-up shot. I mean, he's just like, that like kind of mid-range game that you would see in like the 90s, he is just killing it. Yeah, that floater was working today. It's such like a throwback shot. You know, he, he gets in the lane, and I, I always think he's moving a little too fast, and there's a defender in his way, and then he just off one leg, just p- kind of pushes it up, and it's like a layup. You know, it's just so smooth every time. Yeah. He's one of the few guys that I'm very comfortable with, just like, yes, you can shoot this shot from the free throw line area. No, no matter what, it's great. Go ahead, take it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's sort of living up to, finally to what we thought he would be when Pacers got him. Like, just like a, a guy who can just score on his own and can be efficient enough where it's like he might not be like – he's not going to – he'll have an occasional game for three points. He's not going to be like this crazy just like knocking down pull-up over everybody's face, but he's just going to be just making plays and kind of letting guys rest almost on offense at times because he can just kind of be a one-on-one and score. Yeah, uh, Adam, I have a, a breaking news update. Yeah. The 11 combined free throws in this Magic game is the lowest in NBA history. Really? New record. The old, the old record was 12. So there were how many total fouls? I got 13 for the Pacers and 10 for the Magic. 23 Pretty total low. fouls. And none of them were shooting fouls. Well, like literally like five of them were. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, we, that's so crazy. I was noticing it and like no one was ta- tweeting about it or anything. I was like, eh, it's not worth talking about. But now it's a record. Well, <laughs> we, I thought it was weird when Spurs only had two fouls in like the third quarter. I'm like, this dance can't be like, right. So, like you you talked about all the size on Orlando. I know we're kind of going crazy to end the segment here, but like no one on their team, like Vooch is a good player in the paint, but he's not like a contact guy. You know, it was pretty low contact teams. Yeah, so I don't, you know, there's not going to be a lot of shooting. Fou- like everyone's complaining about the Pacers foul calls, but like they have a lot of contact diverse finishers who like tried not to finish through contact they try to that's because the pace is one well they have small finishes through contact and he's the other guy who does is hurt victor Lodipo. yeah hey and sabonis led the team in free throw attempts tonight with four yeah <laughs> so. um i guess before we hit kind of the week i think one last note is the pacers are now six and four which puts them i believe in yep. six in the east they are one of the seven teams in the east with a positive net differential and i think we're starting to see this team kind of right the ship now coming up they have some tough games so they might not they might Actually hang around five. good opponents finally they might hang around 500 and be a little bit below whatever, but like, it seems like this team is the infrastructure is starting to kick in. You see it when with three guys down right of this week, I guess who was, but I'm kind of Sumner now. So four guys, when you include us on, on Tuesday night, three guys now who should be in the rotation and lamb Sumner and Turner down. I might even kind of depot on that. I mean, you just kind of see some of this like, Oh, it's the good coaching staff and a team that just prepares for games and knows how to win games. And they go in and win on a second under back to back against a team who's never prepared for anything in the wizards. And they whip around an Orlando team on Sunday. So. Yeah, just uh, we got to give Jakar Sampson a two sentence shout out for yes, I agree. Plugging and filling in well at the four, giving effort, getting rebounds, doesn't ever shoot because he's not good at it. I love that. Uh, now Jose's plan. We uh, don't have enough info to assess that yet, but I 
I'm glad we're seeing him at least get some minutes with all these injuries. And I think with Shakara, he that was not a foul on on uh, Devonte Graham. So <laughs> yeah, um, the the last few minutes report claimed that they got that right. I don't I don't really get it. I there mean, clearly is context, so I get how you can say like, yeah, they got it right, but, I, but they were I, both moving to the same spot. On. Is that yeah? yeah come on. <laughs> I don't need to do this right now. <laughs> I don't need to stress myself out. Um, all right, let's take uh, one more break, and then we will preview this upcoming week. All right, Tony. So the Pacers finally have a tough week ahead. But finally, only Real a three-game week. They get some breaks. Yeah, they. Yeah, they have uh, two game, two days off for the first time in forever. Right. Like, right. They've been playing pretty much every, except for the start of the year. They've been playing every other night since the twenty-sixth. Yeah. And then they had a back-to-back in there. So, so they finally, after this Thunder game, two days off. Although they do have a travel in there. So they open with the Thunder, who are four and five. It's actually pretty good. I I I was kind of into this Thunder roster. I think they'll make some trades at some point, but I don't think they're a sludge team. They're probably the best team the Pacers have played this year. Maybe the Nets. Um, the Thunder yeah, are yeah, probably you're probably right. Twenty first yeah. in pace makes sense. Kind of defensive team with Chris Paul. It's gonna be slow. Twenty second in offense, tenth in defense. That's a pretty uh Thunder stat line, if I do say so myself. Led by Chris Paul, but uh, he's playing under 30 minutes a game. Really, they're getting a lot from Shea Gilgis Alexander. He is balling for them. Yeah, I mean, he was the underrated part of that trade where he was like, really he's the good. prize. He's the prize. Well, I mean, who knows about the draft picks? Let's let's wait and see if one of those into being a number one pick. Someday. I'm pr- I uh, I'm gonna go on a limb and say he'll still be the prize. I'm pretty confident in Shea being really good. I mean, didn't they get like seven first round picks? Couldn't like one of them just end up being a number one overall <laughs> pick? And that could be like, who knows. Or if they package those seven for like Jokic or something, I don't know, at some point. But no, yeah, I feel Shea, like this team's in a long rebuild mode. They Very are. Celtics-like, I feel like. Just look at their minutes distribution, and you can see that. And I know that I'm, I've already talked about their minutes twice, but they're playing guys 2 through 11 on their, uh, on their rotation are all playing over 10 minutes a game. They're really shifting guys in and out outside of Shea, who plays a lot. We should they're mention really that they trying are- to get a blend of the vets that they have, plus their young guys, you know, Hammy Diallo, Terrence Ferguson – Darius Baisley, New Orleans as well. They're all playing sizable minutes for this team. And, yeah, they're not as good as the Vets. I think the reason I thought they'd be a little better than they are is because CP3 Gallo and Adams are so good, but they're not playing that much because the Thunder aren't super trying to win. Um, I think we should mention they're playing right now as a record at uh, oh, 30 hey. Eastern. They're tied at 63 with the Bucks. Bucks are a good basketball team, so that's good. Bucks are, we'll talk about the Bucks later. We will. So, um, yeah, I mean, this Thunder team feels like they're in that kind of like they're in that stage where they start the year because of all the trades and everything. They're like, we're going to prove everybody wrong. Raw, raw mode. I feel like eventually start to kind of fade. I assume. Right. Yeah. Well, if Shay's this good and he can, like I'm harping on this guy, 21 points a game. Like that's awesome for a sophomore. And if, if he was on a bigger market team, like the Clippers again, he'd be getting, I think he'd be getting a ton of attention. this year. Yeah. But you know, it won't hold what Chris Paul and Jill are playing every game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gallo's played every game. Chris, well, I wonder if their minutes going down is helping them though. But yeah, Gallo's playing every game and playing very well. Forty-eight percent from three on seven attempts at the game. Gallo has uh, literally only played eighty games once in his once. career and seven. Yeah, he's an injury in guy. Yeah, and Chris Paul's just old, so they're they're yeah. keeping his minutes down. But those two guys are both hitting the three pretty well, actually. They they that that starting unit is pretty good. And then Adams, of course, is just his his rebounding is down because he doesn't have rust. But uh, he's still at over 10 a game and being Steven Adams out there. So they, they still have capable guys in their starting group. No, I mean, if the, if the West wasn't so loaded, they'd probably be a borderline playoff team because, I mean, they, they would, have, I think they would be a playoff team in the East. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they might even be a borderline playoff team right now for all we know. Yeah, 500 pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of who 
I'm pulling the West innings real fast just to look at, look at it. I mean, they're out of the playoffs right now. Who knows if the Suns and Mavs will hold, but you would assume the, the Blazers sneak in, and that's probably the only one that's for sure. So maybe there's still a chance they could be, they could be a playoff team for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there are no slouches. I, again, they're, it's them, the Nets. I would say the Magic because they made the playoffs last year. They've been bad. So it's them or the Nets as the Pacers' best opponent this year. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Chris Paul versus Brogdon just to see Brogdon against an elite point guard. He did pretty well with Kyrie. I think he's like, not you know, as good as you can do against that kind of guy. I think that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Are we sure Brogdon's not going to guard Shea? Um, if he starts alongside Aaron, I would guess that Aaron guards Shea. Although they're both pretty small, so I don't know. That's a tough one. Isn't I thought Shea was a little was a little taller. Am I, am I, I guess I'm confusing because he's skinnier. His size. yeah, he's six five. Shea six five. I take that back. Yeah, maybe Brogdon will guard Shea. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I I, I rescind would... that comment. Still fun cross matches going on with their guards. Yeah, I mean, there you will probably still see some Brogdon on Paul or whatever happen, or maybe Paul on Brogdon. Really, maybe that's what you'll see. Yeah. Um, do you have any butcher in mind? I see Adams probably. Adams, he's a, such a if he plays, he's hurt, I believe. Yeah, what is his status actually? Uh, is he playing in the Bucks game? Do you still have that up in front of you? Because he's um, not on the injury report on basketball. I am one backspace away. It looks like he's not playing, but he's you're right. He's not on the b-ball ref huh. one. Let me look him up real fast on Roto World. Maybe he missed earlier games in the year because he only played seven. Uh, no, he's I not do... playing right now. So. Okay. Yeah, maybe he'll be out. But if he does play, yes, he's a great choice. He's a fantastic reminder, fantastic screen setter. He's him, and Sabonis, him and Sabonis have pretty similar skill sets, although Sabonis is a much better passer. Yeah, so he's questionable for the game, so we'll see. The okay. thing about Adams that makes him so much better than Sabonis is that his size. He's just got, he's like, huge. this massive upper body. Better um, at rebounding. I guess if Adams doesn't play, I mean, then, then it's either Chris Paul or Shea. So. Yeah, it's Chris Paul Shea. You know, I, I was actually not going to pick either of those guys. So. Oh, who are you going to pick? I was going to pick Gallo. Okay, that's not a bad one either. No, I just think he's really good, and – Whoever the Pacers are playing at the four. I mean, I guess Samson is capable, but, you know, Turner might be back this game there. Uh, perimeter defense may suffer, and he's a really good power forward. Which is a good play. Any chance we see any of Warren on him? Uh, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Although, man, who do they start at the wing? Terrence Ferguson. I don't know if I'd want Sabonis on his athletic butt either. So, who knows? Yeah. How has Warren's de- defense been? You watch yeah, that much K- better. Reed Kalen Cooper's are always got to shout out good Kalen stuff. Uh, she I wrote about I- TJ Warren's defense, and it is really good. So is his defense good? Uh, it's been yeah, it's definitely getting better than it was last year. Okay, because you said Argo another, really another day for special. Okay, okay. I mean, he's I, like I, trying and doing stuff, you know. I mean, I always thought that's what it was. If he just tried, he'd be okay at defense. He's got the yeah. type to be a, not a terrible defender. If you just well, he had, he had some growing pains, and I think Kalen's article did a good job highlighting you know some of the stuff he's getting better at. Literally, as the season's going on, like when he would run into Jeremy Lamb in the early games. Yeah, well, that that was also probably just. Like not having not having played together and right, right. You know, just right. the like the lack of chemistry that was between guys. Start yeah. the year. Um. So X Factor, who you got? X Factor. Man, oh man. If uh, if Stephen Adams does not play, my X Factor is Sabonis. Just he'll just feast inside. I know Nerlens Noel's pretty uh, athletic, bouncy, box guy, but uh, I don't think he can contain Sabonis. Anybody like Sabonis? So. Yeah, I'll pick Domas. I think he can shred up this defense. They don't really have uh, anyone who can capably guard a post guy, especially yeah. Adam. If I Adam think even if he's out. playing the four, he should have a pretty solid game. Yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. And a little revenge game for him, you know? That's right. It is a, a little game. bit for him. I mean. <laughs> Obviously, they should make that trade 10 out of 10 times, but, uh, you know. Well, no, I don't know if you should, actually. I don't know. I mean, there's an alternative reality where the team they have is just 
Oladipo and Sabonis. And I mean, obviously they've got her, you know, and they have kind of a version of the Pacers almost in a way. They have Chris Paul. They still make the rush trade. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, so they, be about that team. <laughs> right, they, they, they would basically be the Pacers with, cause you have Adams playing the five, Sabonis playing the four. Um, you got Oladipo playing the two and you can name if Russ, the point guard still went on. That'd be a fun, decent team. Okay. Probably. Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But do you got who's your X Factor? I think Warren is the X Factor in this yeah. game. Yeah, you know, whoever's guarding him is not a good wing defender. Yeah, I don't see. I'm looking at like I'm just going to. That was okay. Me. Yeah, but is I mean, he's still a step slow now, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's good at the. He's just he's fine. <laughs> he's a good player. I don't know. I just feel like this is. I'm a big Gallo fan, so I'm probably just talking a little too much smoke. Yeah, around. I'm just. I'm always thinking. Playing the guys always hurt, and always step slow is my right. thought. But I'm. I'm mean to people that get hurt. Yeah, and Warren's on a tear. So. Yeah, it feels like he's just. He's finally finding his his rhythm offensively and stuff. So, right. Uh, what did we have? We both had wins here. Let's go back to. I have the thing up. Uh, we updated the sheet for this week. We have not. Let's do it. Oh. So they lost to the Hornets. We're behind. We got that beat wrong. Beat the Wizards. Beat the Pistons and beat the Magic. We both actually. I had a win. You had a loss here. You have a. You have the Patriots in the midst of a six-game losing streak on. Uh, oh, I do five. That would be a five-game. Five losing streak. Sorry. Yes, I do. I had at Orlando being a loss too. So that would be where my difference with you is. Our first differentiation game was that Pistons game last Friday, which I got right and you got wrong. And our second one is this under game. So we'll see. I think they win this game. I think it's yeah, I think the, they do too, though. Probably only win this week, but I think it's a win. Yes, I am with you on both sentences. Uh, so should we go to uh, their, yeah. their yeah, this. Uh, tour of MVP caliber players? Yeah, so the uh, six and three Rockets are – Second in offensive rating at 111, our 21st defense at 110, uh, second in pace and second in points scored per game and 25th in points allowed per game. They're third breaking, in the West. Uh, breaking news here, Adam. Uh, James yeah. Harden is really good. Really? <laughs> phenomenal. Really? Some, I didn't... Some, some would say phenomenal. Some would say borderline probably should be the MVP every year, but hasn't been. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's like, if he's top two this year, he's basically a five-year run of top two MVP performances. Yeah, he's having oh, – who was it? Well, I guess it was Trout did that for a while in baseball, and then he finally won it. But there was like a run where Trout beat with Luis Melchior Cabrera like literally yeah. every year. Yeah, it, and like maybe the first Curry year Harden could have got it, but like I don't think there's a year where – I mean, he obviously won the one. But, you know, every year he got second. I think he was a deserving second, but he has just been on a – a rip for a half decade now. He's a beast. His three isn't even falling that way yet. He's at 30% from deep, under 40% from the field, but he's still putting up 37 points a game well, on just you, 24 you, shots because he's you make, the you best move, in the league at getting to the line. Yeah, you move it to his free throw stats where he's 13.7 made per game at 15.3 attempts. That's insane. I mean, I, I mean, it's not like I get not liking it because it's, free throws are boring, but like it's such a, he's so good at drawing contact and getting to the line. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so I got a, I, I got a number for you. Do you think this game over under? If I give you over under of two thirty, would you bet over or under? Under. Two twenty. Yeah, I'd go over two twenty. Okay, so I bet think, it's gonna be like one fourteen, like one oh eight or something. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking like a one. a little lower for the Pacers. game, in my mind. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're not we're not we're not gonna see the like a like a, a wizard level game. No, right? no, Wizards, no. Rocks. Okay. Well, like the, the so the the Rockets defense hasn't been awesome. It not really hasn't even been good this year. And that's yeah, they're I, bottom twenty and pretty much. I'm looking at their opponent stats. Just like points. Right, per like game. they gave up forty six and a quarter to the Heat. Like they got smoked that game. Yeah, I, this is a game where I will say the Pacers if if they catch the Rockets on the right night and they just the right moment they could beat them because the Rockets just they don't really. 
Like they're a one, we, they're a one guy team, right? If it's like if, if Harden's off, they just are screwed because Russ has not been very good. He not very good for Russ is still awesome, but like, you know he just hasn't been as good as he usually is. I just think too they're the kind of team where they just like kind of pack it in pretty quickly if they're having a bad night, and they also just don't care about that much. They just are kind of like, well, we win this one, was whatever. We're just trying to get the playoffs, and then we'll make it work. First so. night of a back to back for them, uh, which is important because they have been resting, resting, resting Russell Westbrook on back to backs. Do they play Minnesota on national TV? Let's look up there. <laughs> no, that's a big factor in this. I highly doubt it because they rested him against the Grizzlies and not the Heat on that back-to-back, and I don't think either of those games were national TV. So they were both road games, so it's hard to say which one they would choose because they are home uh, the first round. But whatever load management thing here, but like I wonder if you're going to rest the guy if you'd rather rest him at home where those guys, you know, your fans can see him at a different time instead of on the road. I don't well, know. that's what it should be, but they don't do that. Yeah, yeah. They're, oh, no, they're going to do whatever's in the best interest of the team, and I don't know what that is for them. I'm just saying. Well, the best interest of the team is, does not play in this game. is to have your guy playing in your home game because it makes your fans happy. Who cares right. about Minnesota fans? Yeah, it's tough. It is uh, – I do not envy the decision makers in this process. But that was a lot to say. He might not play. Who knows? Um, but if he doesn't, they just have no shot creators outside of Harden. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So outside of non-Harden, Harden division is our butchers for today. I've got one. I like that. Can we do non-Harden and Russ division because they're just obvious picks. They're both sure. going to be awesome. Sure. Okay. I picked first last time. So you go first this time. Oh, uh, PJ Tucker is mine because okay. he can actually slow down TJ Warren. He's such a good wing defender. I know that's like boring and lazy, but he's actually hitting his three too. 48% on five attempts a game from PJ Tucker this year. So it actually matters if you're like home at him on the corners and, you know, making sure you can get shots up over him and all that. He's, he's very important to this Rockets team. If you can neutralize his impact, I think you, you give yourself a better shot. Yeah, so I guess when it comes to like the Sabone, let's assume Turner's back. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think he'll be on. back. If he's not back for, for the Thunder, he's definitely back for this game. Yeah, so let's say – how does that – because it feels like that 4-5 actually kind of matches up decently for the Pacers. I mean, I don't think – I mean, Tucker's – but Tucker's really just playing in the corner most of the time, so he's not, like, that hard to defend as long as you don't get right. caught kind of cheating in the lane, which Spun's easily cut. I guess he could bump things the hell out of well, Spun. But, but no, I feel like that Tucker, matchup Tucker favorable, will I, for sure, I think Tucker will for sure guard Warren and then Daniel House will guard. So, well, actually, I don't know. That's that's tough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's what I mean. I, it does like it's kind of actually favorable to the Pacers. I feel like the, it matches up okay. Daniel to House has to guard somebody. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, I mean, assuming Lamb is still out because we don't really know anything on that, you could see him on Aaron Holiday, maybe, right? Yeah, that's an option. Maybe that makes, maybe that makes the most sense for them. Uh, you haven't is, you haven't said your pick yet. I know. I was I was I was grilling yours first. Um, oh, I think Aaron, Eric Gordon is probably due for a kind of like a run here. <laughs> um, so he's shooting twenty eight and twenty five. His career is like a forty. 337 37 player now maybe he fell off a cliff this maybe is that year but if he hasn't he's probably due for kind of the other side of just what's probably been a just a terrible shooting start of the year and it, it could easily come against spacers kind of like the magic's first half but for a whole game yeah that's fair you know it, i mean i don't know nothing about gordon says he's going to be worse than he was last year i don't know oh, he's maybe, not going to shoot those splits the whole season yeah i mean i mean he might not get to 40 and he was 41 and 36 last year maybe he gets more like to 30 contract 30. year i'm surprised he's not I mean, obviously shooting bad, but you know he'll he'll do whatever he can to get those numbers up. Yeah, I do wonder if part of it is playing with Russ. It just it's like such hard. Like anyway, he's playing. With, he went to play with Chris Paul, who's one of just like the best. I mean, I guess. Oh it, no, he did it, get it. Did he get an extension? Maybe I'm crazy. Never mind. He did. Yeah, he did. He got a four-year, eighty-one, right? Not not contract year, Eric Gordon. I'm stupid and forgot that for some reason. 
Um, right. What did, what did you sign extension for? I thought, what was it for? For it was four years. You're right. I think it was in the seventies, but it's semantics. Who cares? Let's see. Let's look it up real fast. Upcoming contract four for 75. You are correct. Woo! Wow. We, be paid right into his 35, so that's good for him. Good for him. Yeah, I, who, want, I think you're right about playing with Russ. It's a little harder for him to be the third guy with that offense. You know, Capella even is, is shooting a little worse. Like, Russ is just a little more, and by the little more, I mean a lot more unpredictable than Chris Paul. Well, and just not as quality assists as – you know, he has the assist numbers, right? But there, it feels like Chris Paul kind of sets you up perfectly where Russ is just kind of getting the cheap assists at times. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Yeah, uh, I'm picking the Rockets in this one. We didn't do we didn't do X factors, Tony. Oh, but can oh, I can I can I do one shout out to Eric Gordon, potential grad, who's now going to make probably over a hundred big bucks, two hundred million dollars in his career. A guy who at one point almost didn't like weren't sure he was going to make it out of basically uh, New Orleans because he had bad ankle problems, and now will have hit really three not max um, contracts, but like above. I mean, he's been benefit certainly has benefited from the salary cap spike because yeah, he, he's he an average player, money. kind of above well, above average player, but. Good for him. He'll make like two hundred million dollars career. That's a lot of money for a guy from the uh, what's the middle part of Indianapolis, where I'm sure he did not have that much money growing up. Yeah, good for him. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, X factors. Somehow I completely forgot that we hadn't done those yet. Uh, any post players a good bet? They have, are playing Tyson Chandler as their backup center. Um, only like five to ten minutes a game, but they they're, they're asking a lot of Capella and Ryan Anderson and PJ Tucker play center sometimes. Uh, so any big man who plays. So if Miles is back, uh, his floor spacing will be very helpful in this game. So I'm pick Miles Turner. You think Goga's back? I, we, I and Harden's coming right at you all game. So playing good post is uh, pretty important too. Right, Goga. We just have no idea about concussions are just so unpredictable. Yeah, I, I man, we should have done this discussion earlier, but there was so much good stuff to talk about. I'll do it this I, week later. We can one day. Well, just this is just a short like when Goga is back. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll play over Leaf. But I don't know that. <laughs> so we'll see if Goga's even in the rotation when he comes back. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to just pick a unit. I think this is the bench unit's opportunity. The bench. Like, yeah, their bench sucks. This feels like a McConnell McDermott. Just like Their eighth man is Ben McLemore, who was almost out of the league last year. Right. So I'm looking at top. So they're playing Thabasa Velocia at 35 years old, 11 minutes per game. McLemore, like you said, 15. Rivers is okay. It's Rivers is an eye player. Eric Gordon obviously is just struggling. Uh, that's their bench right now. So if Gordon keeps struggling, though, they just have nothing, right? Rivers has to do too much. and They're actually pretty good. I think uh, D'Antoni's one of the best in the league at staggering his stars and having starters and bench on the court at the same time and all that stuff. Um, but they just their bench players are not very good. That's the consequence of paying a ton of money to Russell Westbrook. And, and it, it, it does feel like we're kind of in the post-peak Westbrook era, right? Like, not that he's still we not good, are. but we're post his, like – He's just, I mean, two years ago, he probably could have led a team to a West Conference final. Now we're probably just past that time. Yeah. Right. Uh, anyway, I pick a loss here. Yeah. I'm going to do that too. I think you're right. Chosen James Harden as very good, and that is my my answer. Oh, I, I put the loss in our schedule. I meant to – okay, we both paid the loss. Here. So, both paid loss here in the regular or our preseason show. So, last game of the week. The, the other MVP guy. Yeah, I mean, they don't have the best Who's, record. Who's uh, been amazing this year also. They don't have the best record in the East, but they are the best team in the East, in my opinion, in the Milwaukee Bucks. I also think so. Third in offense and eighth in defense is a damn good team. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're nasty. I will say, though, they feel like they're kind of a guard short. 
Yeah, if only they had a guy who could, you know, uh, give, give you 18 and, and 8 every night. Yeah, if only they had, like, a really good, like, not super overpaid point guard, but, like, expensive. <laughs> but, like, could play a little D. I get little... it. I get it. This team's going to be damn expensive when they super max Giannis. But do you want to win a championship or not? That's. I was going to say, it just seems like you are you have, a like, almost a free shot at the finals if you keep bragging on this team. And clearly, don't anyway. look up four for eighty-five to sign him. So that's not that much. You could well, it helps him, even right? if you lose Brogdon that you have uh, a point guard, a guy who can play every position, effectively being a point guard at your four, who's averaging twenty-nine, fourteen, and seven. <laughs> yeah, bonkers numbers. Yes, um, he's clearly running towards his next MVP award, full steam. Yeah, he's and- my leader in the clubhouse right now. He is just nuts, and he's an amazing defender. Like Giannis is just unbelievable. Yeah, could he win Defensive Player of the Year, too? Could he sweep the awards? Probably Man. not, right? They just won't give it to him. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like at that point, they'd just be like, yeah. you know what, Rudy? Good job. Here's another one. So the thing about this Bucks team is they continue to be like the version that the Rockets wish they were, right? <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're shooting second 35% league three percent on three, attempts. 44 a game almost. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, second in the league in three-point attempts. And then another thing that is a product of having Giannis on your team they take a lot of threes and they hit a league average amount of them, but they also lead the league in two point percentage. So like even their shots inside the arc, they just make, <laughs> they're just amazing. Yeah. I think we're right now. I mean, I, I should talk about our post in the post Westbrook era. I think we're in like the Giannis is this is like where LeBron was when he was 25 era. Yeah, he, where Giannis is. he is nuts. He is so good. I and mean, we're talking about a guy who's on a three around averaging 27 or more points per he, game. Yeah. The the Pacers, I mean, Thad was the a great answer for him last year, like one of the best. Giannis even said so himself. Uh, I don't know how they're going to stop him. I don't know who the heck they even have a chance. I'm guessing Sabonis will be on him, but I have no clue what the plan will be. So uh, let's put this around. Let's do X Factors first. Um, I don't think the extra in this game is to stop Giannis. It is, like we said before, to let Giannis get his 35. And yes, guard everybody else. And you just you just make sure Middleton has a very average game, or you make sure, and Bledsoe as well, and – Stuff like that, and you just sort of, you just I like that. that. That's the way to do it. And maybe, maybe Brogdon guard him a little bit too. Just a thought. I don't know if they he's ever done it before in practice or whatnot, but maybe Brogdon has a chance. I'd probably go Brogdon on Bledsoe and and uh, Warren on Middleton. Yeah, you know Wesley Matthews. We uh, we know him all too well and know that he is a one trick pony. And Aaron Holiday can guard that guy. Yeah, they probably spent a lot of time guarding each other last year. In the or Lambsback. That would be also helpful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think this the X factor for me. I guess is the is this, is this a Brogdon revenge game? <laughs> yeah, I would like that. That would be fun. Yeah, I bet he thinks he's better than Bledsoe. What do you have for a Pacers X factor? Uh, this one's a little harder. They're really deep, right? It's hard to find a, a clear matchup where I think, yeah, you know, the Pacers clearly um, have the man advantage there. Uh, it's always safe to go with uh, with one of the one of the centers guys, but I, I'm having trouble coming up with somebody right now let's go with mcdermott let's let's give mcdermott his fair shake here that's what um, i was thinking I the was bucks that. bench is really good but you know george hill's good pat Connaughton's good Ilya sova's annoying uh kyle corver doesn't miss robin lopez is shooting threes and playing well for them they have a good bench uh if the pay the pacers bench has to keep up because their starters are probably going to get beat by Giannis. the pacers bench has to keep up when Giannis isn't on the floor and it's imperative that Doug mcdermott hits his shots for them to keep up yeah, he gets to go against Kyle Corver, the guy I can compare him to earlier in this show. Uh, Corver has a concussion. So oh, he does, so never mind. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, that's games a week away. but That's true. So who knows? It's, actually, I mean, they call it a head contusion, not a concussion. Okay. 
don't so know. A, uh, so he has a bruise on his head, but not a concussion. My well, bad. they're actually probably different. <laughs> one is like your brain, and the other one's like actually on your head. Do you want to do a butcher? Can we just say Giannis is going to have 35, 15, and 8, and that's your butcher? Yeah, I guess who's the guy if the Bucks win, which we both think both they're going to win, that's going to kill the Pacers that's outside of Giannis? Because it's got to be someone. He can't, I mean, unless Giannis scores 50, but who's going to be the guy that's like, God, can they just stop this guy? Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, okay. Brooke Lopez. I just. Brooke Lopez, like, is just annoying. <laughs> like, you, you have to stop something on the Bucks, and you have to do that. You have to give something up, and it's all every team chooses to give up the Brooke Lopez three, and he just makes them, and he hasn't made them yet this year. And I just have a feeling with the way the Pacers play defense, you know, they try to force guys middle and all that, that Lopez is going to get a excuse me, try to force guys not middle, but when they do corral them into turn, they're going to uh, Lopez is going to have quite a few open looks. I think that's fair. To me, I feel like George Hill's going to have an annoyingly good George game. George Hill, revenge game again. Like He's going to have like 15 points. Not, not like a ton, but just, but just like enough where it's like, oh, that's why they lost by 10. In front of family. Good for him. Yeah, the return home for George I Hill. I love George Hill. A lot, of, a lot of sneaky revenge game stuff going on here. Yeah. Matthews and Hill and Brogdon. I wish, I, one, one time when they have a big gap, I know they do next week. Maybe we can do this. I just want to have a George Hill appreciation show. He did not get his fair shake when he was on this team. Okay, whatever you want, man. Can I? Can I? Can I? I say this. Can Can we just step back and we just start about like? Can we believe that the Bucks traded basically decided to swap swap Wesley Matthews and Malcolm Brogdon for a first round pick that's going to be in like the twenties, maybe late teens? Yeah, they decided that's what they'd rather do. All money saving here. It's ridiculous. Isn't that ridiculous? All money saving. I know. I mean, if if you're a Bucks fan and you guys they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals game or the NBA Finals and they're one player short, don't you just like, if you're Giannis, aren't you just, like, extremely pissed about that? Well, here's – so, I think it was Nate Duncan who I heard this from. Maybe it was Zach. I don't know. I listen to a lot of basketball podcasts. Well, I think the injury thing, right? I don't think it's going to hurt. Someone said before the summer started, like, here's how the Bucks summer is going to go. <laughs> and they're absolutely right. They're going to run every decision by Giannis, you know. Are we sure and, they did, though? Are we sure? No, I'm, I'm, here's what I'm sure they said. If we keep Brogdon, we're going to have to trade someone down the line because we're going to be in the tax. Why? Well, why can't you pay the taxi for the best player in the league and win a championship? I understand. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he knew that this was a business decision and why it happened, and was, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he was okay with it. I'm just no, I saying, know. you know, I, I don't think he was like left in the dark and shocked and like that's going to be the reason. No, he but, if but then if, if you're Giannis, you're like, well, why don't I go play for the Lakers or for the Warriors who will pay the tax? I mean, that's what you're saying to yourself, right? Like, oh yeah, I know. I get, yes, that is where the pitfall is. Is now if they do lose in the conference finals, now he has the reason to say, well, hey, uh, we could have been a little better. But you cheap asses wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, th- this feels like that's the move, like that's going to cause Giannis to leave. It may not be. I don't, be think, he's, I don't think he's going to leave. Well, it, I don't think it's the next two or three years. But I think it's the move where, like, if Brogdon has a nice next three or four year run, and Giannis keeps losing these conference finals, where he's like, I need to get somewhere I can win. Well, Giannis is supermax is next summer, so it's next summer. Well, no, but he could just do what Davis did and just get out. I mean, yeah. No, he, he definitely could trade. Get the Bucks would trade anywhere. him if he doesn't take the supermax next summer. No, but I'm saying he does what every other player does. Even when he has supermax, just tries to get traded out within a year of it, kind of two. Oh, years Davis and I get the supermax. No, but it, but I think any team in the league would find a way to trade for him. Oh yeah, absolutely. And make it work. Probably they could. I mean, yeah, I do not see him being a guy who does that. Probably. No, I, I don't, I don't know. But like, we also, you don't know these things that they happen, right? I mean, we never thought. Certain guys. I actually, out. I only have one team I can see honest playing for. That's not the Bucks. You know what it is? The Warriors. It is the Toronto Raptors. He has connections with uh, Musa Ujiri. I just feel like the Warriors will have the money because they've signed so many bloated contracts to certain players. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, Russell and probably somebody else to be soon. 
I, I don't I just don't see him leaving the Bucks though. No, I, I agree, but if, if let's say the next two years, so that he signs the max next summer, so he has to play one year on it, right? Next two years to go, he's gonna find us losing six or seven, and they just like are like on the cusp but can't get over the hump because they're one player short and they can't make any moves because they don't have anybody to trade, they don't have any money to sign anybody to trade somebody and lose another guy. Then it's like I could see him getting frustrated. I mean, you you could see how this happens, how the wheels turn to fall apart, and so on and so on. I mean, it's I guess it's the story of the NBA. I mean, every player. It's basically happening to every big player in the league now. Yeah. I mean, I mean it made no. I mean, who thought KD would leave? I mean, at one point, KD was saying he was going to be a home city for life. Russ got traded. I mean, it just the way this league goes. Eventually, he might get. He might try to push his way up, but as for another day, I just can't believe they didn't sign Barton. all. It's just it's yeah, I'm very surprised by that. It's just it's just greed at the end of the day. Yeah, very uh, very good for the Pacers, though. <laughs> yes, great for the Pacers. Especially Giannis leaves um, the East in two years, great for the Pacers. We have we have diverged off the path where I will say that I think the Bucks win. Yes, I think they win, because too. Because they have the best player in the world. <laughs> I think the Pacers will be 7-6 and six at the end of the week, which is not a bad record. No, it's fine. You know, they snuck that Charlotte win through. They could be at a yes. nice 8-5, and five, which would be a little rosier, but still. Well, well that's, that Charlotte game will be the version of the, of the Cavs last year. Yeah, think. yeah. And then, I mean, let's see. With the, and then I believe actually coming up, right, we'll get an old equal update in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. It's, when was that? Five on five? Month the 18th. Month so the month is the 18th, I think. That yeah. was Look at you paying attention. I didn't even notice that. Oh, are you kidding me? That's like the, the – are you not like counting down the day so they can return? Oh, I mean, I'm thinking like this no, is just like I'm – I'm, I'm really too locked into the day-to-day. See, I am and I, and I enjoy – I always it. forget that I'm like that because like when I go to games and – the reporter for the road team always asks McMillan, you know, how Aladipo is in his rehab. And it's the same answer every time. And I'm like, why'd you ask that? I'm like, oh, yeah, you actually need to know that. Well, and it, you watch the team and you can feel like they're one player short. You just kind of feel yeah. it. That's why it's like I'm kind of – like if, if this team was where they were right now and we knew there was nobody else coming in like for the rescue maybe, it'd be like, oh, this is going to be kind of an iffy year. But like we just kind of – there's like this feeling that we're just we – get, we get our guy back and we'll be good. Yeah, and they'll be great. I hope they good. have they they have a decently okay month left. I mean, they play like the Magic, Memphis, Atlanta, Memphis twice. So I don't know. Hanging around five hundred, they're doing what we uh what we thought they need to do. Yep, I think, and we'll see. And maybe he's faster than we think. Maybe he'll be back early December instead of late December. But so we'll find out. Yeah, later. I'm I'm still thinking it'll be late December, but we'll see. you should break the news, Tony, when he gets back. You should be the one to break it. I'm not really sure how, but I'll try my best. <laughs> you should like. I don't know. So I'm going to end the show, Adam, by congratulating you on your uh, check mark on Twitter. Oh, yeah. That doesn't really mean much, but thanks. <laughs> no, Adam the, is verified. The thank you mean stuff, but not the check mark itself. Sorry. It's crap, is what it is. Um, I mean, <laughs> I will say my bosses made me get verified. Let's oh. be clear on that one. I was, I was sent an email. How much uh, do, they, do they accept bribes? <laughs> I mean, you always just get hired by the uh, USA Network and you'll be okay. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, speaking of Twitter, Adam's tweeting during games again at Locked On Pacers. We yeah, I've been kind of spotty. I'll try to do a full game at one point. This oh week. gosh, so pathetic of you. Oh my god, Tony, calm down. <laughs> um, Adam is at Freedom Adam Five. You'll know it's him because of that check mark. I'm at T East NBA. You got anything else today, Adam? Nope. Uh, Tony's picture of him standing behind a, a, a Pacer player. In case you, he's not verified, so in case you need to know who he is. Uh, right, no, right that is account. not a Pacers player. That is Carson Edwards. Carson, that's right. It's Carson Edwards this time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought that was a cool picture, though. Yeah, we'll have five shows for you guys this week. Um, 
we have a kind of what we call a wild card show coming on Thursday, but we'll tell you more about that later in the week. For now, it's all for Locked On Pacers podcast, and we'll see you guys again. Tomorrow.